Well, I think Apple and the Bilderbergers are the same operation. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, June 24th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 211. This is no agenda. Not standing in line for a phone from China. Instead, coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And uh, the weather has turned sour now that it's summer in northern Silicon Valley. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Sour, you say? It's cold out, yeah. It's, mm. it's cloudy, cold, it's crappy. This oh. is typical. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear we that. You get it. You know, normally up here we get a uh, kind of an Indian summer before and after the real summer, which is always cold. Right. We didn't get the the before part. We had a couple of hot days, but it wasn't like you know last year we had a whole month. Right. Well, you know why that is, don't Terrible. you? You know why that is? Global warming. No chemtrails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have no idea how many people are sending me. You know, like, yeah. I can't believe John won't buy into it. This he, he, concerns me, by the way. Really? <laughs> we have listeners like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. This is all, I think that the majority of our listeners no, believe no in. Yeah. Take a poll. Yeah. Oh, possible. Gr- great idea. We need to Nobody take a poll. This is bull crap. Oh, man. You sound like such a shill. So let's uh, shill for what? Who's What am I selling? Standard oil? No, no, a shill for uh, to shut me up so people don't realize what's actually happening to them. They're being made sick. Yeah, save it for the second half of the show. Okay, you know what? There's some. You're a little soft for some reason. I just want to. Oh, well, I maybe you should pump me up a little bit. Yeah, hold on. I can I can boost my own gain if you want me to. No, no, no. no I figured it out. I figured it out. It was a minor. So you want to start the show over? No, 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 no. You were only the only thing that was happening is through the processing. When I would talk, then you would get pushed down, and now you're back up to par. Mm. You know we can't have that. uh, So there's way too much news, (laughs) dude. You're not kidding. I was up and I actually got up at three o'clock this morning just to do some more, and I went I went to bed at like ten thirty. I'd been prepping all day yesterday, and it's just it's it's incredible. So we shouldn't belabor uh, too many of these stories, I suppose, because I got not only the news stuff, but I have also the uh, <clears throat> the uh, you know some light stuff that's that's a little not news, but it's kind of interesting. Meanwhile, uh, I guess where should we start? I think McChrystal. Well, should we start with? Um, do we have any producers? Uh, any executive producers oh, for this uh, show? Actually, I have to. Sorry about that. No, that, no, no, that's okay. We can, let's talk about McChrystal. Oh, we'll Mickey, are you so downloading something? No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, John. I'm saying that we should probably let's do a little news and then we'll go right to the executive producers after our first segment. Yeah, but if we get into we can't do McChrystal because then we'll be talking for half an hour. You think it's going to be that much? Okay, hold on. A yeah, second. it might be. Uh, you know, I, I'm very curious to hear your take on it. I mean, I have some thoughts, but uh, maybe we. I don't have any. Uh, oh, I don't have any. Uh, hold on a second. I gotta get the emailer up. I don't think I have any more thoughts about it than you do necessarily. I mean, unless you have some. I mean, I do have one thesis that that I'll present after I hear yours. <laughs> I was going to make you go first. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, can we can we both agree then on one thing, perhaps right out of the gate, that this was a hit that was set up. I mean, no matter which way it, it works, the the timing, uh, seeing the New York Post have. Um, have the article 
you know, on the, a day before, literally a day before it was published. I mean, everyone had this. The, 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 yeah. There, and, okay. and, and by well, the way, and, and, and everyone was... The hit set up thing, that's fine. Let, but let's first get to our executive producers. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> bastard. Okay. <laughs> Gee, John, I almost forgot. Could you And by us? the way, I, I'm in disagreement with this theory that you're coming up with already, which would be, make it more interesting to the listeners. Uh, we have, uh, two, uh, executive producer, actually, let's make it three. Oh, nice. Three executive producers. Okay. And one, two, three, uh, associates. We had a good week. Wow. Okay. Good. See what a little uh, apology will get you, huh? Let's go to the top of the list <laughs> to our old pal, Sir Stephen. Oh boy. Uh, who I guess, you know, he says he was on vacation or he's some, doing something, so he hasn't been around much. But Stephen Pelsmacher's out of Belgium uh, gave us 35634. He actually says the equivalent sum of two tickets on the Eurostar passenger chain from, train from Brussels to London round trip in cattle class. Yeah, so we have to stand the whole time you've been on. <laughs> and wear our adult diapers. <laughs> <laughs> It's, you know, it's a, that's a round trip. That's how much it costs, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. for, for the train from <laughs> London to Paris. Or actually, from I guess he's going from where? Uh, London to Brussels. Uh, Bru- yeah, London, London to Brussels. Paris is probably more, a little more expensive, maybe 50 bucks. Well, thank you very it's much. Sir. Yeah, thank you, Sir Stephen. It's nice to have you back and really appreciate the, uh, the support. We, we've been missing you for sure. <laughs> Renee Schwartz, uh, Sir, Sir Schwartz, Schwartz right? right? Yeah, of Harlem, Netherlands. Uh, Harlem, Harlem, Harlem. Yeah. Do you think Harlem in New York and New Amsterdam was named after the city? Yeah. Uh, do you think? I mean, you know, the Dutch <laughs> used to, the Dutch used to own Manhattan. You know. I know. Talk about blowing it. As Stuyvesant, right? Uh, three, didn't he? Didn't yeah, he, three, he, he three, sold three. it. $333.33. Oh, this must be his... Uh, is he on to a second knighthood then? Oh, but, oh wait. This, but this executive producership is on behalf of Reinout Hildebrandt, who turns 33 this Friday and is chronically unemployed. I hope this credit gets him a job fast. Okay. Is well, that right? He's chronically unemployed? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Doesn't sound good. Maybe this vaccine for that. Mm. Chronically unemployed. Well, Reinout Hildebrandt, we uh, congratulate you on your birthday tomorrow and uh, hope that you uh, get some good karma coming your way. And then the... Yeah, I have a note for you, by the way. Uh, Hugh... <coughs> then we have Hugh Wilson from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. $300. No, nothing uh, to say about it. Joseph... And then as our associate executive producers, and I don't know, we should maybe push him... I don't know, we'll... We, it's, it's sketchy because he's five dollars less than Hugh Wilson with Joseph oh, Ransom of Spring, Texas, two ninety five ninety. So wait a minute. So Joe, Joe is, an, is, is an executive producer. No, he'll be associate executive. Okay, put him right at the top of the list. Okay, and then Stefan Springer from Garland, Texas. Uh, $200. Hey, John and Adam, I need some karma for an interview with a large computer security company on Wednesday. If I get the job, I plan on donating another 600 for knighthood. Wow. Uh, I enjoy the show as it's the only place to get my news. A sad state of affairs for the United States. I was going to wait. I was going to hold on to this for, uh, for the donations uh, segment of the show. But since we've had two people uh, clocking in for karma, I, I feel compelled to read a note from John Perkin. He says, hello, Adam, I'd like to register a formal complaint regarding No Agenda Karma. I've been a listener since show number one. I have two $5 a month subscriptions. We're very appreciative of that, uh, John. Recently, I've been told to move out by my total bitch housemate. 
She's a Polish princess. I failed my UK driving test this month. My birthday's on Wednesday. I need karma. Sounds like he's got plenty. Yeah, just the wrong kind. Might not make it. No, I mean, he might be the right kind. He maybe. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. It's actually. Because this woman is terrible. (laughs) He just called her what he, you know, what he thought she was, a bitch. And uh, it's possible that he failed. This may all be good. You know, you make an excellent point, John. He He just may be viewing it wrong. Yeah, it's a very common problem. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Just Sometimes even the buzzkill can just be so incredibly optimistic. I love it. So well, it, it, All those things sound good to me. Yeah. So we want to thank Sir Stephen Pelsmachers. Sir wait, 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 we got one more. Are oh, you kidding me? Another one? One more associate. Holy moly, sorry. Joseph J.B.R. J- Jabber. Jabir, Jabir or Jabber? I'm not sure he doesn't say. I think it would be Jabber. Uh, Carrollton, Texas. We got another. Te- we got three out of the six people from Texas. Thank you, Texas. Hello, crackpot and buzzkill. My name is Lord Veer. Okay, I'm a video game uh, gr- grefer, griefer, griefer. griefer? I don't know what that means aimbot, author, programmer, blogger. Uh, obviously, he's a coder. Mm-hmm. I asked my friend to donate for me so I can keep my quasi anonymity. <laughs> Sorry, Jabir. Yeah, really. Jabir. I'm a longtime fan of No Agenda. <laughs> since episode one, I've been following Dvorak and Silicon Spin, blah, blah, blah. So it's Lord Veer. Is he it? won a monthly <laughs> blogging contest? How does huh. that work? I don't know. He got some cash and gave us some of it. That's nice. Also, some of the listeners, douchebags who can't donate, can at least say, can at least help this way, which is by winning contests <laughs> <laughs> and sending us money. Yeah, yeah. Get out there, win some contests. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Game Riot is apparently the <coughs> checkout. So it's, uh, and he's got some directing to his blog. All right. We'll put a link. So, Sir Stephen Pelsmacher, Sir Renee Schwartz, Hugh Wilson, thank you for being our executive producers for episode 211 of the No Agenda Show. As you know, it's an official credit that can go onto your resume. And uh, uh, a special thanks to associate executive producers Joseph Ransom, Stefan Springer, and Lord Veer. Yes, you can go and win some blogging contests, or you can do the following. Go out and propagate the formula, because it really does work. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Okay, everybody. Get ready to say it along, because you know we're all part of the same group. Shut up, slaves! So... So as we get into the McChrystal thing, I think we can begin with a couple of light clips to kind of make this a little easier to deal with, since I know we're going to talk too much. Uh, okay. Well, I actually have a couple of clips from uh, the president's announcement. Okay. Well, these, are, these are more kind of a generalized thing. I think they're, they'd be fun to listen to because it uh, brings out the, the, the craziness of the whole, uh, of the whole event. And... Uh, John Stewart is in the clips, obviously, so it makes them funny. So I think this would be a light way to go if you start with John Stewart on access. Okay, does it need to set up? Nope. As you can imagine, the story raised a lot of questions for our country's finest reporters. Does Rolling Stone uh, magazine usually get this kind of access? A lot of people wondering, though, how you got such remarkable access to the general and to his staff. It was crazy this guy had that much access. I mean, it wasn't as if you had spent months with them kind of gaining their trust. This incredible wall-to-wall access. You were almost brought into the inner circle. What on earth was he thinking giving an interview to Rolling Stone? (laughs) 
approximately 11.04 Eastern Standard Time, the American news media finally realized they kind of suck. <laughs> so well, I thought, you know, that was kind of an interesting well, uh, number, thing about number, the fact that this, 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 this Rolling Stone article that re- ended up with McChrystal having to re- uh, quit. Well, but now, uh, but before, with, before, you, before you railroad over... This is an important point, and this is where I started off with, is saying this, to me, was clearly a set-up hit, organized, possibly even with McChrystal's knowledge. Now, clip number two, I just want to play just because it kind of, and by the way, when we talk about those executive producers, we forgot to mention you can do that yourself by going to Dvorak.org slash NA. So this is a clip of a woman interviewing the writer from Rolling Stone, but she, this is on NPR, and, and Stuart has the best comeback for this idiotic question this woman asks. But the real shock to the reporters was what this Rolling Stone journalist would be giving up. You obviously were not worried about access in the future. I can't imagine you're going to get it. Yeah, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> I got this amazing story. So, um, this guy, uh, his name is, um, what's his name again? I don't know. Uh, Michael Hastings. You're who, on your own. Who, <laughs> Michael Hastings, who is a personal friend of Rachel Maddow. As she disclosed, because everyone, this guy was on everywhere. He was on CNN multiple times yesterday. Uh, he was on uh, Rachel Maddow. Of course, the only channel he wasn't on was Fox. I think they were perturbed that they were left out of the loop. Um, he's a former Newsweek writer, you know, Time Magazine. It's so obvious that the guy is uh, is connected, and he was, I think, really given this story. And I really do believe, John that uh, McChrystal was in the loop, because McChrystal actually goes out um, perfectly. I mean, the, the guy, yeah, you know, he's, he'll, he'll be a multimillionaire. He can write any book he wants. So, you know, he, he's set up for life. He can be, a, he can be a, a special consultant, correspondent. He can do a million different things. If he retires, he may not even retire. Um, he, you know, he, I think he totally was in on this, knew it was happening. And when you think about it, it really makes sense because you and I, I think, were both under the impression that they had something had to happen. That you know, we have to move out of Afghanistan because it, we're losing, and now the whole deck has been reshuffled. There's there's a whole new game on, and and to put uh, General Petraeus in, wow, this this guy is amazing. I lo- I love this guy. He's 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 better than a yes man. He just crawls Mr. up your Metal. ass. Yeah, Mr. Metal. He just crawls up your ass and does whatever you tell him to. So, so I t- think it's more sinister, and I think Gates is in on the deal. Yeah, duh. And I think it went like this. I think McChrystal got this job. He didn't really want it. He goes to Afghanistan. He doesn't like it over there. He talks to Gates. He says, hey, this stinks. I want out of here. Well, you just can't quit. Right. What can we do? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's. I think if you do a, let let's see if we can just if they just annoy me. Maybe they'll just take you what take you out. And so he does. First, he does a sixty minute special that we both saw. Right. Which he talks brags about his you know only getting four hours sleep and running seven miles in the morning and all the rest of it. And he seemed like a dick. And there's no reason for him to do come on sixty minutes to do an interview like that. That got some attention to him. But then he leaked that memo, which was last year, right. the last year. Right. 
which got him into hot water and Obama had to meet him in Denmark or Copenhagen or or uh, which is in Denmark or uh, <laughs> someplace in his plane and there was a picture of you know McChrystal sitting there in his fatigues and Obama reading him the riot act right. and I figured that was the end of it but uh, McChrystal says to Gates hey they didn't fire me, and I did. Yeah, I, I like leaked like a confidential <laughs> man. What am I supposed to do here? And Gates says, "Don't worry about it. I got a great idea. And, we got this kid from yeah. Rolling Stone. Yeah. He's just going to trash it. Don't worry. This will this will this will get you out for sure. They put this kid in for no apparent reason. Yeah. Some embed some Rolling Stone writer mm-hmm. in, in with the McChrystal crowd, and who apparently just buddies up with everybody, and he gets all the dirt from everybody. And they just, and then he puts together a hit piece, a soft one, but a hit piece nonetheless. It's actually a very good article to read. It's very entertaining. And uh, and the next thing you know, he's called to the carpet and fired or re- forced to resign. I think he is going to retire, by the way. He's making, you know, who needs this aggravation? And by the way, this is the guy who was behind the Tillman affair, which everybody liked to yes. mention. Not, well, yes, the, the Pat Tillman, where he helped cover up the fact that Pat Tillman, former NFL star, was actually uh, killed by friendly fire. Right, and they bring all this stuff up in the article, and they also bring up the fact that this guy was a goof off in, at West Point. He was a goofball. He, he, he was, was a, he was he was always passed out. He was always in detention in the area, as they call it, having to walk around. Yeah, and he was also he graduated two eighty five <laughs> out of seven hundred. Well, you something. know, I mean, I, I'll say this though, John, and this is why it's a perfect setup. The guy, I think, had a lot of respect from uh, the troops. The guy is is actually, if you're really at war, not this fake, you know protect the poppy fields and uh, install the pipeline deal if you're really at war this is the kind of guy you want you know the kind of guy who will go out on patrol kicks ass you know he's um, he is the, yeah, if the it team was america and you were at yeah. the battle of the bulge if it was real if it was, if it was a real war this is the kind of commander you want uh, and I think that was probably, you're right, his frustration is like, uh, what the hell am I doing here? I'm not allowed to do anything. My guys can't shoot anybody. I have to give him medals for restraint. Remember we talked about that on the show. Right, and that was brought up in the article, too. And he didn't actually, he was not actually quoted himself as saying any of these things that were so out of line. It was all other people. So he gets away, and this has already been subtly introduced by the the media that, of course, is... I'd say mainly on board with with this. They've they've received the talking points. They know what to say. Everybody was in on this. It just it's it feels so obvious. I don't to think me. The, the media was in on it. A at lot all. of it I was. Oh, totally. They were completely suckered into the story. Well, is what's the difference? What's the difference? Well, there is a difference. Being tricked into doing something and being in on it is a to me is a huge difference. Okay, I'll, I think I'll, Stewart made the point. You know, these guys are they you suck. know they're befuddled they by suck. everything. So let me just uh, run through a couple short clips of the president's announcement yesterday. So now, and, and the words are very interesting when you hear them. So first of all, it was only like an eight-minute statement. Uh, I'd like to point out that Rolling Stone magazine has done some absolutely amazing articles on Goldman Sachs, on the financial meltdown, and the administration completely ignores that. I mean, we're not, we're not going to look at an article like that in Rolling Stone. Oh, no, that can't be true. That's just Rolling Stone magazine. But when it comes to McChrystal, then, of course, you know, we've got we to accept his resignation or fire him. Which one is it? Well, the president explains. The conduct represented in the recently published article does not meet the standard that should be set by a commanding general. Which I'd like to see what the standards are, by the way. You know, what, what is the standard of a guy who's meant to go out and kill people? 
you know, you got to think the guy's going to be a little off the wall, a little Team America. Uh, fuck yeah. Uh. It undermines the civilian control of the military that is at the core of our democratic system. And it erodes the trust that's necessary for our team to work together to achieve. So I like this. It erodes the trust for our team. But he's not talking about our troops. He's talking about the political team, about the civilians running the show. And I, th- I thought that was an interesting. It, there was no need really for him to put it in the speech to say, hey, what that guy is saying is messing us up here in Washington. Not quite sure why that's in there. Achieve our objectives in Afghanistan. So what exactly are those objectives in Afghanistan? Well, the president laid it out quite clearly and said he has two responsibilities, two main responsibilities. First, I have a responsibility to the extraordinary men and women who are fighting this war and to the democratic institutions that I've been elected to lead. Do you feel that that should be first, John, or maybe does he have a responsibility to the people of America first or is it just to the troops first? Well, that's a that's a good question. I don't have, I don't know really. What's the second one? Uh, we'll get to it in a moment. I've got no greater honor than serving as commander in chief of our men and women in uniform, and it is my duty to ensure that no diversion complicates the vital mission that they are carrying out. That includes adherence to a strict code of conduct. Ah. The strength and greatness of our military is rooted in the fact that this code applies equally to newly enlisted privates and to the general officer who commands them. So again, I'd like to see the strict code of conduct and what that means. No one's questioning that, of course. That allows us to come together as one. That is part of the reason why America has the finest fighting force in the history of the world. Fuck yeah! It is also true that Uh, our... By the way, so that was true. That was true. It is also true. Democracy depends upon institutions that are stronger than individuals. That includes strict adherence to the military chain of command. And res- Isn't that almost a contradiction? It's like it's about the whole team and not just about one guy, so it's okay. It just felt contradictory to me. Respect for civilian control over that chain of command. And that's why, as Commander-in-Chief, I believe this decision is necessary to, to hold ourselves... Now, he, this is where he says this decision. So he's now saying he fired him instead of I accepted his resignation. He's basically saying this decision to get this guy out of here was necessary. ...accountable to standards that are at the core of our democracy. Second. Second, I have a responsibility to do what is, whatever is necessary to succeed in Afghanistan and in our broader effort to disrupt, dismantle, and defeat al-Qaeda. Okay. So now we know what the mission is. It is to disrupt, dismantle, and something else. Defeat. Defeat the uh, de- defeat al-Qaeda. Okay, um, I get Which it. Most people think there's like 20 al-Qaeda in the whole country. <laughs> I know. This is what's so great. I believe that this mission demands unity of effort across our alliance and across my national security team. And I don't think Across that we can sustain alliance. that unity of effort. Oh, he's talking about NATO, the alliance. Yeah, there's no, they're all bailing no, out. Of course they are. The only ones there. It's <laughs> of, of course. And achieve our objectives in Afghanistan without making this change. That, too, has guided my decision. So, his decision, right. So, that's his responsibilities. Not to you and I, John. Not to the American public. No, no. It's to the success of the mission in Afghanistan. What exactly are we doing again? 
We're getting rid of those 20 so, guys, those 20 uh, well, no, Al-Qaeda guys. The president answers the question. Make no mistake, we have... John! Make I no, don't want to make a mistake. Don't make a mistake. <laughs> make no mistake, we have a clear goal. Here it is. We are going to break the Taliban's momentum. Ah, okay. What? We are going to build... Wait, wait, where did they come into the picture? Yeah, I'm telling you, man. This is what's so great. We're, so I'm confused now, but but he'll help me out. Do it again. We are going to build Afghan capacity. Oh, okay. Capacity. We are going to relentlessly apply pressure on al-Qaeda and its leadership, strengthening the ability of both Afghanistan and Pakistan to do the same. You can take that to the bank. I'm confused. First, we were going to kill al-Qaeda. Then we're going to pressure them. Then we're going to, like, stop the Taliban. Huh? You know, he doesn't really say anything in this speech. He <laughs> no, just kind of not. throws words out there. It's funny. I wonder how many of his speeches are kind of, you know, if we deconstructed them word by word, they're just kind of gobbledygook that's kind of pieced together in some meaningless way. Well, it would be nice. It sounds if- good, though, because, you know, it sounds, you know, it's almost as though the his style of delivery is, is the, is the uh, it's the, um, like the medium is the message, the McLuhan idea, where it's not really whatever what he's saying. It's just it's the way the it says it. Yeah. Make no mistake. Oh, shit. I make no make mistake. A, I don't want to make a mistake. You know, these kind of throws in these yeah. words like that. Well, he, he has that whole, like, Martin Luther King cadence from time to time. And, you know. This, Without that, the tremolo. Yeah. <laughs> is it tremolo or tremolo? I don't know. So, I'm not a musician. So, anyway, I love the fact that... Uh, Petraeus is being brought in, uh, who, of course, uh, has a chip implanted. Now we know why the guy fainted the other day. They were, they were <laughs> Somebody ready. Somebody pushed the button by Yeah, accident. they were like, oh, shit, shit, shit. No, 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 no. What do we, we need Get your elbow off the button. <laughs> we, we need the guy. He has to hang in there. This guy is amazing. He's been shot uh, he's had, he had, you know, uh, during a training exercise. And it was Bill Frist who operated on him, which I think was interesting. Uh, I think it's Senator Frist. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, isn't he, that interesting? Yeah, well, yeah. Chris is apparently a pretty good doctor. Yeah, well, he implanted the device, of course. We've got the oh. Manchurian candidate now. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, doesn't that fit together nicely? Then he broke yeah. his pelvis uh, during a training exercise. So the guy is, uh, you know, and he's had uh, heart problems. He's had all <laughs> I don't know why. Talk about a guy who should have retired. <laughs> yeah. So and, this, he's, and he's lugging around all that dead weight with all those medals. And, I, and I'd like to remind you that uh, they still have not uh, closed the investigation from 2007 uh, of the thousands of weapons that disappeared uh, in Iraq under his watch, AKs and all kinds of handguns and uh, armored vehicles, plastic explosive, army uniforms that were all that all just disappeared. I mean, this guy is, if you want a guy to do whatever you, you tell him to, Petraeus is the one. Petraeus is the guy. And, and I think that, you know, McChrystal, uh, he just, I, I have to say. I'm the, telling you, I, I, he's a patriot. I have the sense that he didn't want to be there from the beginning. No, but I think McChrystal is actually a true patriot in the sense of a military man. And, you know, I come from a long line of military he- people. Do you do you notice that he looks like Tigger from Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> no, it didn't cross my mind. Yeah, he does. <laughs> no, I missed that one. So, um, so I think uh, you know that we're now we're in for the long haul, the real long haul. Um, you know, it's. I think the next steps will be. Uh, there's going to be this uh, period of assessment that Petraeus is going to say we need forty thousand more troops. You know, he's now now we can get it. The president, as you know, also has a thirty billion dollar outstanding request uh, with Congress for uh, more funds for the war. 
I think this is up for debate. I, th- I still believe that there's a fight right now whether we should just get out, because I think that's what Congress wants, or we're going to continue this into some Vietnam style where you just keep ramping up until some Dick Nixon shows up to get us out. And he's dead. <laughs> so, um, fascinating, though. Fascinating uh, turn of events, and I love how it distracted from a million other things going on. That was that was pretty much my favorite part of it. Just so many other things happened. Uh, and by uh, the way, if I was listening to a lot of right wing radio during this little uh, event, mm-hmm. and I've, <laughs> you know, you have to wonder about the sincerity and and actually the the actual desires of the right wing talk show guys in so far as the country, the future of the country is concerned, because they all took the perspective. And I can't think of any, maybe Michael Savage took a different point of view, but they all took the perspective that this is a terrible thing to do. Obama should, you know, should just should just suck it up and let McChrystal continue on his great work. Oh, yeah, you know, Je- Je- Jeb Bush his- came out, too. Jeb Bush is like, oh, what a baby. What a baby. Such a crybaby. Oh, yeah, everyone's jumping on that for sure. So they're dumping on him for this. But do, do, so these people sincerely like this guy who is a psycho. It's an obvious you know, he doesn't want to be there, apparently. He's bitching and moaning constantly. He's a, uh, you know, a nut job, if anything else. And so they get rid of him. And so but so the right-wingers w- w- think they should keep him. Why? Because it would just, you know, screw because- up the administration even more. They're not interested in the in the goodwill of the country, that's for sure, the good of the future of the country. All these right-wingers should think about their, their you know, they, they will not, in, in, whatever Obama does is going to be bad. And they don't care about the, the country. They just care about, you know, getting Obama. Yeah, getting, or maybe just the fact that they weren't in on the game and they didn't get the Rolling Stone article before CNN, well, MSNBC, and everybody the, else. Well, Rush Limbaugh's not going to get the Rolling Stone no, article. That's John my point. Hannity's not going to get the right. Rolling Stone <laughs> I mean, come on. These guys are just sit there. They sit there like we do. So, so meanwhile, a lot of really interesting stuff happened, and I have uh, a couple clips and uh, things starting to come together because, of course, never let a, a crisis go to waste as we know, is the mantra of uh, Rombo Emanuel in, uh, in the cabinet. So we have um, a switch, a little switcheroo took place in the uh, management of minerals or the Mineral Management Services Bureau. And there was a hearing and a reorganization and a renaming of the MMS. And there was a new guy. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Rename it. And they put Michael R. Bromowich in, uh, in charge. I'll talk about him in a second. Uh, but there was a um, uh, a hearing yesterday with uh, Feinstein uh, uh, leading the proceedings. And very interesting, something you and I always say, John, which came up right at the beginning of this hearing, um, which nobody is really taking the, the, the truly responsible party to task by law. Listen to this. In addition to reviewing the reprogramming, Our purpose here is to focus on the performance of the Minerals Management Service, to try to understand what went wrong, to hear from the Secretary the details of his proposed reorganization and why he believes this proposal is the right way to go. The key question for me, underlying everything that's discussed here today, is this. How does the proposed reorganization, a changing of the organizational chart, change the culture of the minerals and management service to protect the Gulf of Mexico and the people who live and work there? 
I want to be clear. Uh, okay. You know something important is coming when, when someone says that. She wants to be clear. Listen up. That by law, the Department of Interior is responsible for ensuring the safe and clean production of oil and gas on the Outer Continental Shelf. So I, I, I just want to stop there. And there's a little bit more to this clip, about 30 seconds. By law... By law, the Secretary of the Interior, Ken Salazar, is responsible. By law. He broke the law. No one else. And this responsibility cannot be delegated. BP, Transocean, Halliburton, and the rest of the companies operating in the Gulf and elsewhere are required to obey the law, abide by the decisions of the Interior Department, and clean up any mess they create. But they are not responsible for setting the safety standards, promulgating the rules, and ensuring full compliance with those rules. Ultimately, at virtually every juncture leading up to the Deepwater Horizon explosion and fire, the Minerals Management Service failed in its duty. So how does the Secretary of the Interior get a free pass? How does that work? How I mean, we, we it's just brushed aside like, well, you know, we know there was corruption. You know, that's normal in government. And, uh, and you know, you can't blame this on the previous administration because, you know, we've been in office now for uh, a good year and a half. And, and by law, the responsibility lies with the secretary of the interior. This guy should resign. Yeah, you know, that's the funny thing. Nobody ever takes it. Nobody ever falls on their sword on this administration. They quit here and there, you know, and they sneak out. But when something actually comes up where they should be fired. Yeah, and, and, and I don't find it acceptable. Except for McChrystal. I, I don't, yeah, I don't find it uh, acceptable that we just say, oh, well, that's just how government works. Bullshit. That is not, it should not just work that way. This guy's head should be handed on a platter to the public. And now... So we have all this. We have a complete renaming. Mr. Bromowicz, who was brought in. Let me just give you a quick little backgrounder on, uh, on Mr. Bromowicz. This guy is a uh, complete jabroni. He, uh, first of all, he's a lawyer. He's not a, he's not a manager. He's, uh, he's a lawyer. He uh, was involved uh, through some investigations of the uh, Pan Am Flight 103 bombing. Well, gee, that worked out well. We caught all the bad guys there, didn't we? Um, you know, he's basically the guy that is brought in whenever something needs to be covered up and he's brought in on, you know, on, on the other side of, uh, uh on the uh, so-called on the people side. Uh, but he's a, uh, a hugely successful lawyer and he's going to go fix it. Well, maybe not. Please. Senator Feinstein on the need to change the culture issue. I think that is the key. And I think it's a combination of leadership I think it's it's combined with making clear what the mission of the agency is in unmistakable terms. I think it's a matter of making clear that uh, cozy relationships will not be tolerated, that people, for example, who are doing inspections and seem to pull back and not be as aggressive as they might be, that that information gets to me. No, the thing is, he's, he's, he's not answering the question. He's just saying, well, this is how we're going to do it. Uh, we, we need to show leadership, everybody. 
leadership. We have to say it's not going to be acceptable. And oh, and he's so scary, he's going to kick your ass. And I find out about people who are not doing their job aggressively and that there are consequences for that. Oh, yeah, I've already tried to start sending that message, but it's not going to happen overnight. I will need to visit the field installations. I will oh, need to make that take a few uh, road trip. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Point in person. I think creating this unit, which I uh, announced this morning, will send that message. Uh, but it will take some instances of my making clear that I mean business for the culture to start to change. All right, why don't you start by firing Ken Salazar? That would be a really good start because then people would get worried. This is what the president should be doing is firing someone who's really responsible Instead, we just get more of the same under a new name. And, oh, I'm going to go send a message. Let me be clear. Hear me now. Believe me later. Uh, Bromwich, by the way, uh, prosecuted uh, Oliver North in the Iran-Contra affair, which, of course, uh, he was successful at and everything was overturned uh, due to uh, a number of technicalities. Yeah, technicalities. It, yeah. Was in the, it, was, it was part of the scheme. Of course it was. So this guy is a shill. Now, what is this all good for? Why is this, why is this happening what is the whole setup? Well, the president said it in right after his cabinet meeting in a little uh, impromptu press conference, which is where he's most dangerous because it's without teleprompter. Uh, and finally, we talked about uh, energy. Uh, in the context of the oil spill, as I said last week uh, during my Oval Office address, uh, this has to be a wake-up call to the country. That we it's a wake-up call, John. And what is it a wake-up call for? We are prepared and ready to move forward on a new energy strategy that Captain the American Trey. people... Yeah, exactly. It's a new energy strategy. Oh, he could, takes it much further, though, John. ...desperately want, uh, but uh, for which there's been insufficient uh, political will. Yeah, that's right. That's why you can't let this crisis go to waste. There's been insufficient political will. We need a new energy strategy. The BP oil spill is just perfect for that. Uh, it is time for us to move to a clean energy future. I think the American people understand that it is a jobs creator, that it, it is a national security enhancer, uh, that it is what is needed environmentally. Uh, and we have the opportunity to build on actions that have already been taken in the House of Representatives. The Senate has an opportunity before uh, the August recess and the elections. To uh, we can do it before the elections. We can do it. We can do it. Stand up and, and move forward on something that could have enormous uh, positive consequences for generations to come. Positive consequences for generations to come as your electricity bill go, goes up tenfold. Uh, and, yeah, it's uh, because it's essentially a form of taxation because they, they can't bring themselves to just saying, look, we're going to raise taxes even though we lied about about it because you know anyone making over two hundred fifty thousand dollars their taxes will go down yeah your taxes will go down but somehow these other things will go up and most of that money will be shoved, shoved shoveled over to the government this cap and trade nonsense it's a scam it's a total i love you darling it's a total scam total setup and it, and and it makes so much sense here here's the here's the sequence of events the, no one believes in the, well, not no one, but the global warming thing fell apart. It fell apart uh, partially because of the emails and uh, I think the economic crisis. People are like, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, you know, and it's cold, by the way. It's, it's shitty. In, <laughs> it's cold air. It's shitty in San Francisco. So I don't see the global, you know, you don't see people. Well, weather's not climate. Don't, but yeah, they don't. <laughs> Whatever. Weather's not climate. They tried the whole denialist thing. Okay, you know what? So uh, Al Gore, we've got to get him out of the picture. Um, 
Let's have a divorce and National Enquirer this week uh, comes out and says that uh, uh, he sexually assaulted a woman in 2006. And so, you know, we've moved him off to the side. So uh, we because we don't want people, you know, shut up. Don't listen. He's to also Gore. having an affair with the masseuse. That was the that, that was the. Uh, oh, that's the assault. Yeah. And we know that the National Enquirer is, of course, always well informed by the CIA. So I'm I'm going to pre- I'm going to give the National Enquirer the benefit of the doubt on this. Oh, one. I'm absolutely convinced that they 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 pull this off constantly. So Al Gore has moved out. That kind of shuts him down because you know you got to shut the guy up, right? And so he's not going to come out and talk about climate change anymore. No, we'll just do it a different way. And then we come to all of the evidence, all of the evidence that is pointing towards this administration not actually wanting to shut down this oil leak. Uh, 13 different countries offered help. No, no, no. Under the the Jones Act, you can't have uh, ships that aren't under American flag off our coast. Sorry, we don't want your help. Gitmo Nation lowlands with your with your expertise in oil spills. No, we don't want any of that. No, no, no. Just uh, keep it all away. It's got to continue. It's just got to keep on going. Now we have. Now, by the way, stop for a second. Have you noticed? You know these cameras that are supposedly on this thing. Yeah. Huh. Have you noticed there's like 10 different looks? I mean, it's like, how many cameras do they have down there? Oh, yeah. Different looks, Every different color balance. Thing, it's yeah. like sometimes it's coming out of a pipe. Yep. Sometimes it's coming out of a crack. Sometimes there's one <laughs> over the by. Yeah. Sometimes it's black. Sometimes it's brown. And sometimes it's lit up. And it's, and it's coming this way and that way. This is I've never seen so many of this one leak. I've never seen so many yeah. different. It's like it's like one of those women who always look different every time they wear different <laughs> kinds of makeup. But, and the fact that it's available, you know, the, what is this? All of this is BP's this is, big transparency move. It's like B roll and 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 BP who and now the president's BP even call- roll is what it is. Yeah, we have to call it BP roll. Now the president is even calling the escrow the escrow account for twenty billion dollars. He's calling it a fund. So they move that in right away. We discussed this uh, on Sunday. Um, you know when you put twenty billion dollars into escrow, the first thing you do is you go and borrow forty billion dollars. It's it's like it's it's perfect. It's a perfect financial trick. It's so easy. These guys they, they're getting off real easy, not a problem. Then we have the uh, this is another great piece of media assassination. We have a judge overturning the drilling moratorium. Yeah, and the judge, of course, has a bunch of stock in BP or, or some associated companies. Right, but did anyone actually read what he wrote? Probably not. It's a twenty-two. It's a twenty-two page document. What What did you get out of it? <laughs> what I got out. What I get out of it is that the government, uh, the administration, enlisted seven scientists, and these scientists all said, "You know what? It's not a good idea to shut down all the drilling. It's actually uh, an unsafe practice to do that at this juncture. You should not. And there's no reason to shut down all deep water drilling." Deep water being categorized as over 500 feet. But the moratorium that the administration put out, and this is in the document, this is in the, uh, in judge, in the judge's uh, uh, overruling, uh, he says the, the administration lied. He said it's not true. It's not what these guys said. They said, in fact, they said exactly the opposite. Therefore, I'm overturning it. So and and then of course you know we have to have a hit job. Well, everybody is all in the vanguard funds. That, that all the all of the congressmen and senators. Well, not all, but 
everyone has all their shit vested in the in the Vanguard funds. Go and look up Vanguard. They invest yeah, in all kinds of Obama oil stuff. Yeah, Obama has three million dollars in there. I don't know where he got it, but he's got three million dollars, as he disclosed himself. He uh, did very well for a community organization. Yeah, not bad at all. And so the judge but says, "I think I'm going to go into that." <laughs> yeah, the van. You, how can you go wrong? And the judge says, "I'm sorry, but you know, I have to overturn this because the science, uh, as you said, the science is in, is exactly the opposite from what these guys said." So I think the ruling was correct. I'm sure the ruling was correct, but the but then, uh, but then it, we go out and hit the guy, right? It's like, oh, you've got fifteen thousand dollars invested. And everyone falls for it. Oh, this judge is horrible. Oh, he's part of the oil cabal. And I've got idiots here in Los Angeles standing outside the BP station with signs made of plastic. If there was probably professionally done. Possibly. You know, like, oh, BP kills, BP kills. Don't get your gas here. BP kills. No, Ken Salazar kills. He was responsible. He's the guy. Okay, I think you made your point. Thank you. So there's a blogger out there that says that uh, he's been tracking Obama, and I, I'm actually kind of subscribing to this new theory that Obama, like McChrystal, wants out. It's a, he says he's been watching Obama, and he says Obama, this is, Obama's in over his head. This is a miserable job. They, they're all over him. He can't, like you said, even when this, this last little speech, it doesn't make any real sense when he talks anymore. Uh, he still pontificates. I'm wondering whether Obama's going to bail, especially if they take a bath uh, in the uh, next uh, election uh, in 2012 and, and give it and turn it over and say, look, he's got two daughters that are the perfect age as an excuse to quit. So, look, I got these two daughters. I did what I did. I, I got the country back on track. Yeah, and I, yeah. You know, and I, I, I did the hard to, stuff. I did the tough job. I, I did the heavy lifting, yeah. but I got to spend some more time with my family. And he gets a full pension and and uh, security guards for the rest of his life and all kinds of other you know benefits. He doesn't really have to. Nobody has to be in there for the whole Goodies. eight. And of course, this may start. A, I'm surprised that Bush <coughs> ran the term. Well, and and Petraeus, of course, is is already once again being uh, whispered as the perfect candidate. God. Yeah, no, it's true. You know of that, all the right? People in the world we'd want as president. That guy, he'd, he'd be wearing all his medals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like Chavez. He'd be perfect. He'd be like a little dictator, and it would be complete. So I'm going to keep dogging this idea. And, I, and one of the things that, that really got me was uh, after this, uh, some of this thought, these thoughts got into the public domain, Rush Limbaugh <laughs> went off the deep end again, uh, saying that just the opposite is true. He's a power mad fiend. <laughs> he wants to stay in office forever, maybe three terms. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering. I mean, this is a lot of... Uh, this is worse than the worst p- period of the Bush administration because, you know, GW was like, you know, oblivious to most things. And, uh, and his dad was worse. He didn't know what a checkout thing was at a, at a grocery store. But Obama's probably pretty clued into the fact that uh, the, both the left and the right are attacking him constantly. And it's got to get on his nerves. Uh, yeah, that can, that, that can grow. <laughs> I can, but and who knows, man? You know, maybe the whole setup was just bring this guy in. Uh, we'll have him do all the un, you know we'll do all the unpopular stuff, and he'll make it sound pretty. And uh, then we'll bring in the general when we're good and ready for him. The general. There's there's no doubt that there that that there's a scheme afoot. You know, there's a lot of talk now about Ram Emanuel 
uh, quitting. Running for president? No, <laughs> that would be that would be mint, wouldn't it? No, about about him uh, quitting. Yeah, no, that that's actually in the news quite a bit. There's a, you know, well, he's going to quit, you know, after the election. He's going to not going to quit after the election. There's like this ongoing debate. And, uh, and, you know, and the timing, of course, is interesting. Now we have the Blagojevich trial, which is uh, starting to crank up. And, uh, and of course, that's all about Chicago mafia-style politics. And you know Rahm Emanuel has his fingerprints all over that. So he's got to get out. And I, and I think he will get out. I, I, I think he's, you know, it'll be under the guise of, well, I couldn't get anything done. And that'll be another hit towards Obama. Yeah, I think you're onto something with that. Well, who's this blogger that uh, that's following that? No, I, you know, I I wrote it down. It's on a different sheet of paper, so I can't say. But you can look it up. But mm. you know, as Obama want to quit, you'll find it in Google. One one other, because um, I know you got a lot of really good clips. There was one other little thing that happened. I, I was just trying to pay as much attention as possible uh, to other news that was taking place, knowing full fully well that when you know we have the hu- these huge crises that all kinds of stuff happens. Uh, Vice President Biden. Uh, has set it up. He's teed it up for ACTA to come in and take place. ACTA, of course, is this international copyright trade agreement, which is so secret that we weren't even allowed to know about it. And he is setting the tone, baby. So a report was made uh, about uh, copyright infringement. And uh, guess what, John? Counterfeiting kills, baby. It kills, John. Counterfeiting kills. Uh, and obviously, piracy hurts. It hurts our economy to the tune of billions, some argue tens of billions of dollars in lost private sector profit and government revenue. It hurts our health and safety. The health and safety, that's where the FDA commissioner is here, in part. But we don't usually think of it this way. It hurts the health and safety of our citizens. We need to protect our citizens from unsafe products, counterfeit auto parts, semiconductors used in medical devices that aren't uh, quality tested, uh, counterfeit pharmaceuticals that put lives at risk. Uh, whether we're talking about uh, fake drugs that uh, that hurt instead of help a patient or knock off car tires that fall apart at 65 miles an hour cause... What? What is that? Is that happening now? (laughs) Apparently, tires are falling apart at 65 miles an hour because they're fake. They're not real. Fake tires. They're not real tires. My tires made out of cardboard. (laughs) Oh, it's true. Knock off car tires that fall apart at 65 miles an hour, (laughs) causing injury and death. Counterfeits kill. Counterfeits kill. Counterfeits kill. Counterfeits kill. There's a reason why um, that uh, they counterfeit. Uh, They don't know how to do it in the first place. (laughs) And uh, so it. uh, I thought we were talking about some Gucci bags and shit, man. But counterfeits kill, John. They kill. It also to state the obvious it stifles creativity perhaps our greatest export perhaps our greatest export is america's creative impulse our ability to move people around the world our greatest export is things that kill people what are you talking about our greatest export is our creativity our greatest export is weaponry, jets, guns, stuff that kills people. Be honest, Joe. True creativity works. It's been working. It's had dramatic impact on cultures. It's had dramatic impact on our interest. And, and criminals are working every day, every day to steal it from us. And it, again, it's billions of dollars. Billions! And, uh, look, uh, we used to. Uh, uh, by the way, the uh, General Accounting Office has disputed that, literally. Link in the show notes at noagendashow.com. There is no evidence that it is costing the creative industry billions of dollars. Boy, saying this. So, I'm sorry? 
that no, there's no chance. No chance. Uh, in this town. Piracy is theft. Here, listen. Uh-oh. Clean and simple. Listen. It's nothing but theft. It's smash and grab. No different than the guy walking down, you know, Fifth Avenue and smashing no the window of Tiffany's and reaching in and grabbing what's in the window. Uh, it's no Seems different. It'd be a lot easier to catch the guy doing it to Tiffany's. How's that work? It's, it's no insane. different, John. It's no different than smash and grab. This is theft. theft Clear and you. simple. And theft. In every culture, people would acknowledge should yeah, be get your hand chopped off, punished, and uh, so intellectual property is no different. We need uh, a true government-wide effort, and that's what's being. All right, uh, so I'm, that clip ah, goes I'm on. Sick little. of listening to this bullcrap. But I just want you to know what he's going to do. It'll just take what? a second. Well, he has a, he has a strategy. He has a plan. It's about whether or not you put a Kevlar vest on a guy in Kandahar or a cop in the middle of one of our major cities. Whether it works. And so we uh, apparently the government's buying uh, counterfeit oh, because uh, the Kevlar government has vests. no quality control program. Is that why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but wait, listen. Here's, so we have Kevlar vests that are counterfeit. What are we going to do so about it? We're buying crap from China and yes. then blaming everybody for <laughs> yeah. stealing records and yes, then smashing exactly. Grab. Yes, smashing grab. Who's just, fault uh, is this? Is this like some? Whose fault is this? Well, it's going to be some yours guy and who mine. Bootlegs music. It's his fault. Yes, that, somebody, yes. that the government is buying crap from China. <laughs> yes. We want to make it real clear. Uh, it, there's the word. I'll make it real clear. All right, slaves, here comes the information you need to know. We're going after people. We're going after the websites. We're going to go after those folks who, in fact, uh, sell us things that, in fact, have the effect of putting the lives of Americans in jeopardy. Yeah, beautiful. What website is this he's going after? The Kevlar Vest website that they buy the Kevlar Vest from, apparently. So they're going after people. And they people. never test anything, I guess. <laughs> they're going after people. You don't people. buy a bunch of vests and then take one out and shoot at it? We're going after people. Damn it. We're going to go after the go websites. The contractor and, you know, I don't know. We're going after the websites. <laughs> Let's go after some websites. Shut down the internet. So, um. I sent you another clip in the email that I'd like to run. Yeah, can I just finish up this with just a, a small quote from, uh, the, uh, the actor bill which will go before congress later this year sure the bill would make p2p or BitTorrent client development a criminal offense if the distrib- if the distributed software was used for infringement why um, why would the why would the implementer the, the implementation software why don't they just make the the internet itself a criminal offense well we're getting close here's how it works it also implements a provisioning called imminent infringement which imminent infringement, remember this phrase, it allows, yeah. it allows the government to charge people who they think might be about to, crime. Yes, about to infringe with a civil offense. If you, for instance, were Googling for uh, torrent name of movie. <laughs> torrent. Avatar. Avatar. And, torrent. Avatar. Google for Avatar and Torrent right now. Imminent infringement. Yeah. Imminent infringement. You can find that listed in the show notes at uh, yeah, nojuddershow.com. Yeah. Well, I'm glad somebody got around to it. And then I love it when I see in the chat room, like, oh, ooh, Adam's a BP apologist. No, 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 people. You just can't let the government do shit and blame it on everybody else. The government is evil. Evil, I tell you. They're thugs. They're the gang. All governments. They're all gangs and thugs. And we just don't sit down and take it. So I have a, an alert for the people in the uh, uh, No Agenda book club. 
Ooh, for nice. a new book. Good, good, good. And I want it to go in as soon as possible. Well, Melanie Phillips, The World Turned Upside Down. And this book uh, explains kind of essentially what our show is all about. Um, it's very. This has been out for a while, hasn't it? I think it's just, yeah, it's been out for a few, number of months. But uh, and she was on C-SPAN recently, and uh, like an hour. Of course, she's a ponderous British woman who is, I guess, a columnist for the Daily. I think the Daily Mail or really? one of the okay. more crazy ones. But <laughs> the Daily Mail she is. Up there, is yeah. uh, <laughs> She's got a whole bunch of interesting thoughts, and it's kind of summarized. I want to play a couple of clips, and I want to save one for the end of the show because it's it's just too long. She, I, I could do more clips with her, but her, she's typical British. Takes forever. Yeah. Takes forever to yeah. make a point. But but let's play two clips from her to give you an idea. But let's play the one that what this what this book is all about is the uh, the totalitarianism clip, and I, you can just listen to her thesis, which is essentially that all these. Uh, kind of liberal agenda uh, operations are part of us of a of a de- they're the denialists they don't want to talk about anything they don't want to rationalize about anything and she brings this up with her c- very terse commentary on global warming actually once you play that first and you get an idea of where she's coming from fortune because on some of them you may think well you know i can follow her on x issue but on y um that is the reality she's wrong well Let's have a discussion about that. So I'll start with perhaps the most contentious of all, which is uh, man-made global warming. And I will put my cards on the table. um, And I will say there is little, if anything, to support the idea that something extraordinary and unprecedented is happening to the climate. For example, it was warmer thousands of years ago. For example, the link between carbon dioxide and uh, temperature is not straightforward. For example, the seas are not rising, the ice is not shrinking, the polar bears are not vanishing, and Al Gore did not deserve his Nobel Prize. Uh, There's been no significant warming since 1995, despite the fact that we're told that If carbon dioxide increases, the temperature will increase. Carbon dioxide has increased, the temperature has not increased. And the most important thing of all is that the argument that the climate, which is possibly the most complex system that there is, the idea that it A, can be predicted, and B, can be altered by changing one component, is absurd. I think you better watch out. I'm going to go marry this chick. (laughs) <laughs> I think, is she hot? She goes, is she hot? She has this thesis that the world turned upside down is what the, what the book's about. And she says that, you know, what what now what's, what's a lie is the truth and what's the truth is a lie. And then anyone who who, who pushes back against the uh, this uh, the, the intelligentsia's uh, concept of things with their very rigid checklists, anyone who says anything against that is shouted down. There's no real discussion that takes place anymore. And that's essentially what we do on this show, which is one of the reasons we do the show, because we're part of the people that are complaining about this situation, the two of us, and uh, occasionally you run into, you know, there's still a lot of, the people who are the, the denialists are the ones who are on the, are actually on the other side, you know, de- denying reality, they, they don't want to deal with it, and it, it kind of boils down to this other clip, which is the one on totalitarianism. 
objective truth has been replaced by subjective opinion and emotion across the board. Uh, there has been a receptiveness to intellectual and moral inversion and a credulity to propaganda, i.e. lies. No dissent is allowed. Those who defend reality against ideology are demonized. Those who defend religion are consigned to outer darkness as imbeciles or insane. We, uh, people are, who take these views are <laughs> called right-wing, extra-right-wing, ultra-right-wing, bigots, phobes of every kind, and the more they uphold reality and truth and common sense against their opposites, the more right-wing they become. It is an astonishing fact. If religious totalitarianism was ruled by the church and political totalitarianism was ruled by the general will through both fascism and communism, I would suggest this is cultural totalitarianism or rule by the doctrine, the sacred doctrine of the subjective individual. And Mickey and I had a dinner um, on uh, Wednesday night, no, uh, Tuesday night, with Robert Greene, who is the author of, um, was it The Art of Seduction, which was a huge selling book. So he's, uh, you would call him, John, an intellectual. And, um, yeah, but this guy's, you know, he comes to dinner and has a, a book of Jung with him, just to give you an idea, right? <laughs> I mean, like, like please. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but he's, he's researching a new book and he just wrote a book with 50 Cent, which is kind of an interesting book. Uh, you know, the rapper 50 Cent and which he must have done for the money, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, so he and Mickey have known each other for a while and, you know, we're, and the guy's very socially awkward, uh, which is just the way he is, I think. And he even said, you know, I don't usually get out of the house at all when I'm writing a book. And, you know, thanks for inviting me. And, uh, and then he was trying to kind of figure out who I was. And, and, I, and uh, you know, I said, well, you know, and talked about the show. And he said, oh, that sounds great. And, you know, I hate mainstream media. So, yeah, no, we, we deconstruct it. And that's what we do. And I said, well, give me an example. I said, well, for instance, uh, global warming. <laughs> and the guy you was go like, right to the, well, that's like I, this I went right does. in. He goes right to the heart of it. <laughs> I went right into it. And he looked at me and he cocked his head and he went, are you a Republican? I said, no, I'm not a Republican. I said, that, you know, the whole Democrat-Republican thing is, is a scam as well. He's like, and, he, and I could see his brain, like, go haywire. You know, it's like, a, yeah, he, because, he you know, that type out. of person, not to... I, a very I nice know. guy, by the way. That's I'm sure he's a nice guy. Yeah. Most people are nice people. But anyway, the point is, is that when, when, when certain, into, uh, certain members of the intelligentsia, as, as uh, Melanie Phillips would put it, uh, are bitching and moaning about the mainstream media. They're bitching and moaning the way Janine Garofalo, we played the clip last week or, right. the week before, you know, some time ago. Uh, they're bitching about about the same way Janine Garofalo is bitching about it, which is that it's not, you know, uh, it's not left wing <laughs> and, and 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 progressive enough. Meanwhile, the guy wrote the book Thirty Three Strategies of War, which I'm reading right now, which is is almost a, a whole right wing stance on life. Very interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of these guys could be could be flipped. <laughs> yeah, oh well, I hope so. I, I'm 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 going to work on them anyway. Of course, uh, we know where you got this from, John. To what we do, so you don't have to see spin. Good job, my friend. I, I, and we will put that in the book club I, or the. Whoever maintains noagendabookclub.com. And also the uh, end of show, we have a longer clip by her, which discusses the fact that all these, you know, from environmentalism to everything else, it's kind of a, a religion. She sees, perceives all these things as religion, which the global warming thing is, obviously. And she says the fact that you can't, 
complain about any of these things or even discuss them in a rational way. Uh, she also basically says that the whole thing is there's a lot of Jew hatred involved. Yeah. She says we can't deal with Islamism because we can't say anything bad about it because of the nature of this political correctness religion. It's so funny you, you mentioned that. There was a story from Gitmo Nation Lowlands because uh, there's a lot of anti-Semitism cropping up um, because of the uh, Israel-Turkish uh, flotilla attack or uh, confrontation, who knows what it was, you know. Uh, and uh, a member of uh, parliament of the uh, left-wing uh, Labour Party, Ahmet Markouche, uh, has said, you know what, we've, we've got to do something about this anti-Semitism. So this guy, I would presume, is a, uh, is a Muslim. And uh, he says, we have to put in uh, Jews as bait. <laughs> he said, we have to put uh, people dressed up as Jews and then wait for, <laughs> and then wait for people to come and, uh, and throw rocks at them, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, what? What? What the hell is this? Yeah, it's called Lokyot, which would be a, a, a bait Jew. Oh, brother. No, and the fact that this is even being discussed like this is just <laughs> like... you. <laughs> it's just beyond all belief. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. In the morning. There you have it. Paul McCartney, a uh, global warming... A uh, friend of global warming, asking you to support the show. Yeah, uh, Paul McCartney, I guess, came out with the uh, commentary that uh, anyone who, who's a denialist about global warming or even skeptical or even questions it is the same as someone who denies the Holocaust. Yep, right on, Paul. Yeah, yeah, there's no, there's, there's, uh, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, we got a few people to thank this week uh, for helping us out. Carly Graham in, uh, I guess it's Brassel, Queensland, Australia. Um Give us $100 saying, hi, uh, John and Adam, I'm fulfilling a karma deal I made to donate $100 if my wedding and engagement rings were recovered after I left them by the sink at work. <laughs> Not sure if it's possible to make a karma deal. You know, you know, Either way, to help me feel better while they were missing, I have them back. That's, that, that's amazing. Them. Most people like pray to God. Or uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, it. if only they, the plane they, they doesn't crash, it. I'll donate to No Agenda. I will okay. donate to the No Agenda show if I ring if my rings appear. <laughs> I think people there are actually, are. people are actually donating to get rings, John. I just have to remind you every show. Uh, another person I want to thank is <laughs> David Roberts from Norristown, Pennsylvania, sixty-two forty uh, for our six twenty-four show. Very very creative. Nice. Last year he donated six dollars and twenty four cents multiple times. This year sixty two forty. Hopefully with enough karma, the next donation <laughs> nice. will be six twenty four in the morning. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, Max L. Roberts. Uh, yes, we're working on the rings. Max L. Roberts, Crown Point, Indiana, fifty five two double nickels on the dime. A big fan of the show. I'd like to call out Chris Thompson, Thomas as being a douchebag. Douchebag. Because he's too afraid to listen to the show. Yeah, I, I can understand. It's I can scary. Understand it's, it's I think scary. the show is scary. <laughs> it is. The, the hardest thing is is when the show was... The day before the show and the day after the show, which, of course, with two shows a week, pretty much covers the week, uh, I get into a very different mood, and I become very cynical. <laughs> and it's, and it's, very, uh, it's difficult to live with me, I'm sure. 
David Peterson, Cincinnati, Ohio, Double Nickels on the Dime, long-time listener that's been a douchebag for not donating, requesting a de-douching. You've been de-douched. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine somebody listening to this show the first time and hearing all this like, stuff. Like, what, what is going what are on? these guys? <laughs> these jabronis. What's happening here? C.T. Meyer. Mount Gambier, uh, South. Where is that? I've got a block. That's South South Africa. No, South Australia. South Australia, right? And fifty dollars and fifty dollars and four cents for some reason. And uh, Jeffrey Glennon, Gales Ferry, Connecticut. it's a knighthood layaway, so he's still on board. So we want to thank everybody who uh, uh, donated to keep the show going. Uh, this is listener-supported, really listener-supported. It's not bogus listener-supported where you have a bunch of people, you know, government grants, asking for more government grants, getting grants from companies, and then doing commercials or doing a bunch of commercials for codes and things like that. We think it would ruin the flow of the show. We think it would waste your time. And... And this is a better feedback mechanism. And, and, and quite honestly, we, we would never get any uh, sponsors. And we wouldn't get any sponsors, let's face it. If you listen to the content of this show, this is a show that, as somebody pointed out, one of the show haters pointed out, you guys could never get any sponsors anyway. And he's right. Yeah, correct. That's the whole point. So that's so we have to do it this way. Uh, I mean, I think all shows should be done listener-supported because people... You know, they should support what, you know, we don't, I think the commercialization of, of information is, is out of control at all levels. I think everything should be done this way, and I think that we're proving it's doable. But go to noagendashow.com, Dvorak.org slash NA, uh, or Dvorak, or I'm sorry, channeldvorak.com slash NA for donate the donation site. And, you know, do yourself a favor and become a producer and put it on your resume and see what happens. You know, some people are, think it's not going to work. I think it works. That's and, what executive producers do. And um, I was going to make a very astute point, but I uh, I lost it. Let me uh, just thank uh, Old T- Let me yeah yeah no kidding. Let me thank uh, Tina's uh, for the very kind offer. Hi Adam, I work at Amsterdam Airport as an airport manager of a car rental company. I will gladly hook you up with a free rental car when you're in Amsterdam, but it has to be the Prius. <laughs> I said, only if you paint loser on the side of it will I take you up on your <laughs> offer. <laughs> you know, uh, the, I rented a Prius. I said it before. It's not a bad car to drive around. It's kind of funky. Yeah, you think? <laughs> Just a little bit funky. Renting a car in Amsterdam is not the world's greatest idea. No. Well, if you have to be in other places. In well, if you got to get out of town, it's fantastic because driving around Holland for people who want to do some traveling, it's really one of the most beautiful countries in the, in the, in the world. And it's fun to drive around uh, just all over the place. But Amsterdam itself is really a bike town. And the car, you, you, you don't it's want useless. to It's useless. I, am, I remember what I was going to say. Um, uh, you will not be arrested for pre-crime if you are Googling No Agenda Torrent, which are available, by the way. The show is available in uh, higher quality podcast, in uh, low bit rate podcast as a torrent. Uh, you can use the name, uh, anything you want to do to propagate the message of the show, the fact that it's out there, help us get more listeners, or as we call them, producers on board. Uh, it is completely, uh, the closest analogy is open source um, and uh, if, if you make a buck, we'd appreciate it if you can uh, give us a piece of that. Uh, there's people making great apps for iPhones, Androids, Blackberries, Nokia phones. There's uh, tons of websites. Uh, 
great uh, noagendareport.com is something that I actually, I mean, people are writing for now. I'm seeing producers writing their own articles, so it's not just a collection of links. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. There's, there's quite a, uh, an ecosystem around this, and uh, that is uh, the plus side of, of, uh, of our model is uh, do what you want. Go ahead. Take it all, please. Get the message out there, and uh, hopefully people uh, will uh, continue to support the show. So check it out, org slash N-A. Now, um, I want, there's, a, there's another thing that's been going on this week that I wanted to discuss for just a minute. Another uh, distraction, nothing to see here. Oh, yeah. boy, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little late. You'll, we'll just, uh, let's play the It's jingle. okay, don't worry no, about it. I got it, I got it. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. I, th- I heard you snoring, so I figured I'd do that. <laughs> Thanks. So uh, it's, this, it's this soccer World Cup thing. Oh! They made this huge <laughs> deal out of the United States. They have these different little divisions, these groups. There's four teams in a group, and usually they're, you know, the United States, England, Algeria, and I don't know, Slovakia, I think, in the group that the United States managed to get out of. For the first time in 30 years, they've not gotten out of this group. They've never gotten past the first round. So they got out of the, past the first round. It's the biggest deal in sports. Everyone's talking about it. I'm looking at it. They've won one crummy game. And can I just say, point out one thing? Since when? Since when have we decided to say uh, nil? This is bugging the crap out of me. I'm sorry, I said what? Nil. So, of course, it's 1-0. Oh, it's 1-0. And everyone's saying, oh, it was 1-0. 1-0. Oh, well, that's what one the Brits nil. have always said. 1-0. No, of course, that, that's what you say. Uh, uh, the British say that. But now, all of a sudden, in America, in a sports game, instead of 1-0, 1-zip, 1-nothing, 1-nada, 1-slap-your-ass-down, own you, it's 1-0. Yes, yeah. well, America won 1-0. 1-0. Well, we like to shut ourselves up. out of the uh, great pisses me Brits. Off. Yeah. So anyway, so here's the deal. We've won one crummy game and had two ties. One and nil. this is a massive big deal. Yes, we've and won by the way, the one game they won was one to zip. One, one nil. One nil. One nil. So they win the one game, one nil, and this is like the biggest breakthrough in the history of the world. The United States is moving on to the next round. This is ridiculous. This is the stupidest sport in the world. I found oh, I'm it. Sorry, everybody. I know that I got We have an international audience, and I'm a dumb American who thinks that football is, you know, something other than what it is. But well, I just think I, have, I don't think it's a big deal for some team to win one crummy game. I have an interesting little clip for you. By the way, uh, Venezuela, <laughs> or I'm sorry, Argentina is just going to kill everybody anyway. So um, you know, my my theory is that uh, the only honest sport is non-professional sport. Um, and I feel that, uh, you know, uh, the U.S. may even get all the way to the finals because, of course, no. the game is rigged. No, the finals are obviously going to be Vene- uh, I'm sorry, Argentina and Brazil. That looks like the finals. Well, the game is rigged. And it's rigged for that. So the game is rigged, and there's a book out um, called The Fix by Declan Hill. And uh, he was interviewed uh, in Gitmo Nation East recently, and I want you to listen to a little piece of this interview. It's uh, The the Fix by Declan Hill is one of the most controversial and inflammatory books ever published on the subject of soccer. Delving into the seedy underbelly of the sport, it brings to the surface the reality that match-fixing and corruption are rife in world soccer, from low-level amateur leagues to the World Cup. Declan Hill joins me in studio now. Declan, uh, the, the, the big question that everyone's asking right now is with the World Cup, only a few weeks away, 
Will this World Cup be fixed? Look, I, I can't, and I, I refuse to speculate. The stuff that I talk about is so controversial that I don't go in and into speculation. But here's the unfortunate guarantee that I can give you, 100%. There will be the same Asian match fixers that have gone to the under-17, the under-20, the Women's World Cup, the Olympic soccer tournament, and past World Cups for the last 20 years. I guarantee they will be there. I guarantee they will be approaching dozens of players on different teams. They'll be approaching the referees. Will those guys take their money? I, I, I don't know. I, I really hope they do not, but I know that they'll be there. And I know that FIFA has done nothing effective to stop them from being there. Now, now why is that? Now, I know Patini at UEFA mm -hmm. has. He's, he's spoken to you personally. You've spoken to him. You've um, uh, hosted commissions over there. Why is Michel Platini so progressive, set bladder, for example, in FIFA, still once again sitting back in his you know, big house in Switzerland and saying, there's no problem here? Look, we don't it, it, look I, I, I genuinely don't know. And I, I'm not trying to be disingenuous. I've read Andrew Jennings' books. I know the allegations of corruption in and around FIFA. But, but what I write about isn't that. What I'm writing about is about a separate group of Asian match-fixing criminals that have such chutzpah. These guys go around, like, giving out their business cards. <laughs> like... The World Cup, uh, the Women's World Cup in 2007 that I report upon in my book, they were giving out their passports to the players. Like, like, it's not that these guys are a secret. Uh, you know, when I met Blatter February 2000... All right, so, so th this is like a five-minute interview. I just wanted to play so that. So basically saying the Yakuza is behind a lot of their rigging. Who's the Yakuza? The, uh, the, uh, the Japanese mob. Makes sense. And, and, and triads, I suppose, from, from China. And he, and he goes on further. He says, look, you got all these guys. You know, they're from poor countries. Uh, the, you know, they're in a stadium filled with 80,000 people. They're adored like gods. They're making 200 bucks a week. Someone comes along and says, hey, uh, you know, you might want to slip. And uh, here's uh, $10,000. Well, what's, what do you think? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, of course. These guys have got to be jumping at it, and 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 it's like, and, and I love how this guy just matter of factly talks about it. Uh, but you got you know, it's got to go to the goalies. The goalies are the ones who, you know, I saw one uh, guy jumps for the ball and he loses control at the very end and then accident knocks it in himself, kind of thing. <laughs> that, that, that is that, that's my favorite move too. Although <laughs> I almost had it. Oh, oh what crap! A oh damn! So, uh, but it's amazing. Gitmo Nation Lowland still does not have a government. You go to the front page of uh, their newspaper websites. There's no mention that the cabinet is still being formed behind closed doors. It's all about the World Club Cup. We're we're through to the next round. We rule! Yay! Orange! 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 Up! Uh, it's a, orange! It's a up. huge distraction worldwide. And and intended so, or or are these elections all intended around that time? Such as what just happened in Gitmo Nation Down Under, John Rudd is out. It's about time, and and I and I think I I know why. Us, us our, our doing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know what, Australia, you have us to thank for that. We we've been on this guy, so so it's it, apparently what happens is the guy uh, fell fell over due to the mining tax disaster. First, there was yeah. the global warming debacle, which he couldn't ram through. He really rammed it through, and then everyone said, "Hold on a second, buddy," or <laughs> some sensibility. Yeah, hello, mate. And um, so something we missed on, uh, on Sunday, there was a, uh, a plane of um, mining chiefs. Actually, the entire board of, uh, of one Australian mining company that went missing in Africa. Uh, and they, they found the plane. And uh, I don't know if the people were all dead, but they were after they found the plane. And 
And, you know, the, yeah, of course, Russian the, style. This was, yeah, this was uh, Russian, yeah, what the Russians did to the Polish. And um, so, you know, the, uh, the mining chiefs were all really quite upset about these huge mining taxes. And so now, you know, and now these, these, uh, the whole board of this company winds up dead. And then all of a sudden Rudd resigns and they bring in the first female prime minister named uh, Gillard. And uh, apparently even people in Australia are just like, what, what, what just happened? Like Julia Gillard, who um, is kind of a hottie. I like that. She apparently is a tremendous global warming freak. So, no. so we'll see what happens. Uh, so now they're just bad to worse. She said she would work to harness wind and solar energy and pursue putting a price on carbon emissions. That sounds very much like Captain Gee, that trade. sounds like a familiar litany. Yeah. She would, Can uh, we be more creative someplace else <laughs> other than, you know, just following whatever, what the, what the, you know, this, this checklist, this agenda is all about? Now we've got a Sheila in office. And she looks kind of nice. Yeah, <laughs> she does. She looks hot. Have you seen her? No, I haven't seen yeah, her. She's kind of hot. I so know. I sent you another email that's got a clip on it. Yeah, jo- yeah I got it. I got it. Play, play it right now? No, no, let me set it up. Oh, okay. This was done on John Hannity's show. Apparently, John Voigt, the actor who's something of a uh, right winger. Isn't he, uh, uh, what's his, uh, isn't he, um, Angelina Jolie's dad? Yes. Yeah. With the same exact lips. So uh, I, I would kiss him just to think I'm kissing Angelina Jolie. Yeah, I don't think I'd go that far. But anyways, uh, he's come out with an open letter to Obama, and it's just kind of this lame letter. It's not even very interesting. We can have a link to it somewhere. I think that but it, that letter's been out for a couple of weeks, though. Yeah, but he had, it was on Hannity, I guess, within the last week or so. And he dropped this bomb, which is, I'm surprised, you know, it's almost like, I think even Hannity didn't want to deal with it. Because it was like, well, maybe if somebody can get a little more documentation for this, but but I just I thought it was so off the wall that it was just too funny. Play it. I just came across something which really amazed me. It's quite extraordinary news, and no one's covering it. There was a statement made by Egyptian Foreign Minister Ahmed Abul Gayet, I think it's called. It, 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 it's pronounced. Is this going to be what I told you on the show last Sunday? Maybe. Okay. And it was because you don't remember. <laughs> All right. It's made on Nile TV yeah, about January yeah. on a on a, uh, a program called the Round Table, right? Mm-hmm. Abu Gayet said he had a one-on-one meeting with President Obama where the president told him that he was still a Muslim, son of a Muslim father, the stepson of a Muslim stepfather, and his half-brothers in Kenya are Muslims. Who is and this guy? This this fellow is the Egyptian foreign minister. And it goes on to say, Gade claimed Obama told the Arabs to show patience. Obama promised that once he overcame some domestic issues like the health care reform, I assume, he would show the Muslim world how to deal with Israel. Now, this is, I mean, devastating news. And uh, and no one seems to be covering. But but if, if this is true, and apparently they have a video of this, uh, of this, you know, announcement, that could explain, of course, why so many things have happened during the last year and a half and explain why Obama is in, instructed that the term Islamic extremism no longer is used officially in government documents and statements. I mean, many, many things. If, and when you look back... You know, to the very first moments of his presidency, the first move he made was to make a call to the Muslim world from the Oval Office, sending his love. So, I mean, it, it's it was very disturbing to me that no one's spoken about this. Yeah, except on the No Agenda show uh, last Sunday. 
Yeah, we talk about this kind of thing. But I would listen to this because he had it pretty well outlined. I think it's besides being a hoax of some sort because I don't buy it in, in the least. But I like the way they connect a couple of interesting. I mean, when you're going to do a good hoax, you have to connect some reality, which is the fact that you can't use the terms Islamist extremist or whatever, or Muslim extremist in memos at the, in, the, in Washington, supposedly, although I haven't seen the memo that says that, but it's possible, and, and I haven't heard it, that's for sure, and you've never heard Obama say it. And uh, there's, a, I think, one other point there that, you know, that was being made, but uh, I just thought the thing was hilarious, but... <laughs> <laughs> you just you know Hannity was not uh, gonna not gonna he was not gonna he it. wasn't gonna touch it because he's afraid everyone's afraid you can't talk about that you can't talk about religion. you know one time I was listening to Hannity on the radio and uh, driving around you know you'd listen to this stuff in circles and, right yeah, somebody calls in they go well Mr Hannity uh, they're having a meeting of the Bilderbergers and you should be talking about what the Bilderbergers and and Hannity goes. What? I have never heard of them. Never he heard of the Bilderbergers. The never heard. <laughs> he says, I never heard of him, and he hangs up on the guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's great. What is that all about? Yeah, because the first rule about Bilderberg is you don't talk about Bilderberg. It's <laughs> that simple. So they flipped the earthquake machine on in uh, Gitmo Nation, Great White North. It's probably the most email we got this week. Um, no, no, there were a couple other ones. But this, this of course, uh, only happened uh, yesterday. And um, I don't believe there's a lot of earthquake activity typically in uh, Quebec or Toronto or Ontario. Is there? Ooh, did I just lose you, John? Yeah. Looks like we have a temporary disconnection. Ah. You there? Well, now I'm going to believe your theory. Uh, <laughs> hold on a second. <laughs> Let me just make sure we're, uh, we're streaming. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so, the first rule about Bilderberg is don't talk about Bilderberg. The second so rule the, is don't talk about the earthquake machine. So, here's the thing. You start talking about the earthquake machine. I was kind of going into the reasons that I, I suspected, you know, I don't know. I mean, something's going on. And then the phone starts ringing, and then you go offline, and then I go pick the phone up, and there's nobody at the other end. And I couldn't reach you. All your numbers were busy. I tried your cell. I got voicemail. I tried your home phone. It was oh, the home phone. I just took off the line yeah, after it. Right? Had a, off the hook. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. No. Off this is hook. this is so clear. This is <laughs> this is so clear. It, to me, it's just obvious. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like okay. Don't talk about that, bitches. Slave, shut up. You can't talk about that. Well, maybe it's just a subtle reminder that someone's listening. Someone's listening. So right. what what is your thinking here? So my thinking is um, two things. Uh, actually, I only had one at first, but... Uh, <laughs> now there's two. Now there's two, yeah. So the uh, the boss of the CSIS came out uh, yesterday and said, the government in Canada has been infiltrated by at least three spies from foreign countries. I'm like, whoa. And of course, uh, that could be the prime minister. I mean, he didn't say it wasn't. You know, it could, could be anyone. And there's a, and, and when you get into that, there's a lot of... Russian, uh, Russian stuff that's, uh, I mean, it, it, it needs a lot more research. But also, we have the G20 coming up in two, in two days. And I'm thinking it's uh, perhaps intended for two things. One, just to, to distract people, to shake them up a little bit. Say, hey, you know, just uh, don't, don't think about the G20. Think about earthquakes. Hey, shut up. Just, you know. And, uh, and maybe, 
maybe it's a, a warning for the G20. Like, hey, guys, uh, do what you're supposed to do there or else. But don't forget, we got our finger we on the trigger. We got our finger on the trigger. Now, the question I asked uh, which when we got rudely cut off, uh, there is. I don't think there's typically a lot of earthquake activity in that area, is there? No, my wife, who I said, I think I don't know if you caught this or no, not. No, I didn't. She's, I didn't. She's a earthquake junkie. <laughs> she says that there are spots of it uh, of earthquakes historically in that area. They happen in in, in uh, kind of clusters every so often. Not often, but every so often. It's like the earthquakes in Seattle. They have them there too. Which, by the way, when an earthquake happens in Seattle, the way the buildings are constructed, Pioneer Square is going to be flattened, uh, and that's overdue. The Cascade uh, uh, fault. Anyway, uh, it's not it's not impossible. It's not like a crazy earthquake uh, that you know you, you, there's no real precedent for. There's precedent, and they're shallow, so they they transmit a long distance. That's why it could be felt in Chicago, which I thought was peculiar. Maybe it was coming from Chicago. <laughs> Who knows? But it, uh, I I think. Oh Jesus! Not again. Uh. Let's uh, move on to another topic, John. Yes, I think we should change the subject. <laughs> I think, I think the message is clear. <laughs> Just shut up. Shut up, you slaves. Talk about something else. <laughs> well, oh, I have some goodness. stuff we can talk about that's a little off the wall. Please, anything but earthquake machines and Bilderberg. This is not good. <laughs> you know how people think uh, Nancy Pelosi's kind of a cold-blooded you know, head of the... Snake? Uh, don't you think? Snake? Yeah, snake, snake woman? Yes. Yeah, hit the uh, do you use Botox clip. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, well, do you use Botox? If you do, listen up. Psychologists say that using Botox may actually get in the way of experiencing emotions as well as showing them. Researchers at Barnard found facial expressions may influence the way the feelings behind them develop. Now, the study compares it to a feedback loop. And since Botox injections paralyze the muscles, they don't send the same messages to your brain. It's kind of paralyzing your head. That could change the experience of something like watching a sad movie. Fantastic. That, that makes so much sense. Yeah, doesn't it? Because, you know, uh, you cannot, and, and this is the big problem with, uh, with Botox, particularly for actresses, and I'll just say the number one up front is Nicole Kidman, who I find to be an excellent actress, or actor, I should say, um, but when she, you know, your eyebrows are not just to catch sweat dripping from your forehead, they are actually a huge communication mechanism, and when that's gone, it's very difficult to communicate through your subtle facial cues. So to think that because you can't communicate that way, it actually influences your brain in reverse makes a lot of sense. I love that. Yeah, it makes nothing but sense. I mean, but the, the whole, you know, it's like the, the, the acupuncturist, you know, the whole system in the body is like so interconnected as matrixed because, you know, the, like you, everyone's just done this. You can t- you know, all of a sudden you got an itch on your arm and you push real hard down. Next thing you know, you get like a pain in your back. Oh, yeah, that's connected. Because, sure, you know, the, sure. The, the nerve system nerve is, is very complicated. So the yeah. feedback, the possibility of a feedback mechanism with your facial muscles, you know, the, and so people who, who, who paste on, what this says also, by the way, is that people who paste on a false smile are probably actually feeding back kind of a happy kind of a thing back to their brain. They're probably better off. And they, and they, they, and they believe it, and they believe what they're thinking. So, so anyway, what they're I portraying that was a fascinating little piece of research. I love if, that. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's we we should pay attention to that, and we should look up all the politicians that have clearly have facelifts, 
and uh, and and monitor their behavior. Another job we we can't afford. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you know Pelosi uses. I mean, most people believe she she's on Botox, yeah, and which would explain a lot of things. Wow, good one. Yeah, I like that yeah, a lot. That's yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, that's the offbeat. Make, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm totally down with that. Um, I'll go along with one of your theories for a minute here, John. I think we're about to see a horror movie involving foxes. We got a couple of, of a couple of our producers sent in. Uh, at least I got a couple of them. Apparently, more fox stories showing up around the world. Around the world, one, yeah. In the United States, uh, the fox, uh, you know, attacking some kids. Well, and, and how does this work? Because fox, fox, foxes, as far as I know, are pretty much afraid of humans. And now there's this uh, three-year-old kid, and uh, this happened in the uh, Gitmo Nation East region of the lockdown state. Uh, he saw a, a, a tail poking out from beneath a raised class, classroom, and uh, he decided to pull the tail. The fox As turned kids and love atta- to do. Yeah, but I mean, come on. When when a kid is coming up, you know, the fox is going to be out of there, man. You, you can't sneak up on a fox. You I know? wouldn't think so. Unless these foxes are stoned on something. And then this one, uh this was this has got to be a joke, I don't know. No, I guess it isn't. Uh Fears of a brutal fox insurgency were growing last night. Uh, after one of them was spotted trying to ride a horse, the fox was seen leaping from a tree onto the horse and then trying to study itself before instructing the animal to run full pelt towards, towards a hedge. <laughs> this is bull crap. I know, but these, these, and they all have the, and interesting, if you look at the pictures that are, that are being printed, the fox is like 10 times bigger than the person. Uh, it's Photoshop. Yeah, well, of course it is, but that's the whole point. So that there's, there's got to be some kind of... There's something going on with the foxes. There is definitely something there's a going message, on. There's some messaging taking place that we're not aware of what the what the source or the or the end game. We don't know, have a clue what they're targeting, what the deal. Maybe just to get fox hunting reestablished in Britain. Could be that simple. And then there was uh, just a beautiful piece of real news that I'd like to share with everybody. Escape to incredible Nevada. Oh, shit, sorry. Let me do the real news. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I keep forgetting that YouTube has pre-rolls, which uh, just sucks. Nevada's great, everybody. Go to TravelNevada.com slash info. This week, the New York Times will run the first in a six-part series examining America's overuse of Hannah Montana star Miley Cyrus. Most experts now agree that at current usage levels, Miley Cyrus will be drained dry of entertainment value by 2013. (laughs) Joining us now is Miley researcher Dr. Justin Canty from the Institute for Sustainable Cyrus Use. Doctor, you say this is the worst entertainment crisis humanity has ever faced? Absolutely. Miley is a potent entertainment resource, but we are overusing her at unprecedented levels. Uh, she's on television, albums, toys, clothing. Okay. She has a sold-out <laughs> okay. live concert series. If we don't act now, the down-to-earth Miley, who likes text messaging with her friends and playing guitar in her bedroom, will be wiped off the earth forever. You point to the examples of Lindsay Lohan, uh, Britney Spears, the Olsen twins. Well, they were uh, bountiful entertainment resources <laughs> that our overconsumption reduced to smoldering remnants. But we are burning through Miley at a far more aggressive rate. The- and what is the timeline here? 
Typically, a teenage star can have profits drilled from her for approximately <laughs> six years before dropping down to issue two wild levels. Miley was discovered only three years ago, and already there's pregnancy rumors, the photo scandal. However, though, Disney says it has plans to pump songs and shows out of Miley for at least another three to five years before discarding what's left of her. She won't last that long. Within two years, she'll be little more than a withered, desiccated husk incapable of causing anyone any amusement at all. So what are the consequences if we don't cut back on our Miley use? As Miley Entertainment becomes more and more scarce, the millions of families across the world that have grown dependent on it will begin to fight for it or hoard it. Society as we know it will fail to function. Governments will collapse. Humanity will be reduced to roving tribes of barbarians uh, constantly searching and fighting and scouring the landscape for the last remaining Hannah Montana fashion doll or the best of both worlds CD. Uh, incidentally, that, that is the future that's depicted on the cover of my new book. A bleak prospect. <laughs> Dr. Justin Canty of the Institute for Sustainable Cyrus Use. Thank you, sir. Thank so, you. Yeah, that, that, obviously, the onion. The onion, yeah. I love those the, uh, guys. Uh, how do they, how do they make money? In terms of a joke, was a peak Miley. Oh, yes. They missed that one. And, and uh, they should have done some kind of cap. Cap the gushing cap Miley. Cap the trade of, of Miley. Yeah. What, how do those guys make money? I don't know. Well, they they I, deserve I, I know, it. Sir, they're very highly, they, everything's highly produced and it's extremely funny and very well, very professional. It's an amazing operation. Yeah. They have a so, newspaper. So right? I saw Miley Cyrus on the Letterman show. Oh, boy. I don't know if you've ever seen her interviewed. Yeah, uh, I tried to she avoid is it. Like, she's 17 going on 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, she's like, I mean, she's, all that's missing is her, like, you know, chewing on gum and and, and just saying, yeah, I don't know if that's a, really a good idea. <laughs> she, she she should have that gravelly voice of Patty and Selma on The Simpsons. She she's so mature. It's like, wow. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you uh, when you suck too much out of the Miley. <laughs> she's like, I mean, it's like ridiculous. You would if you'd guessed her age, you'd, you'd think. Probably 32. Interesting. Anyway. So um, Mark Zuckerberg was in uh, Gitmo Nation East. Uh, Why? We, well, to meet with David Cameron, of course. Oh. Because, you know, the, the, in case you didn't know, Facebook's uh, investors include a well-known CIA venture capital firm. Um, and here's what came out of that meeting. Zuckerberg confident Facebook will reach 1 billion users. I'm like, <laughs> what? 1 billion users? Please. It just doesn't sound it's bullshit. right. They don't even have the 400 million they claim. It's I bullshit. I believe that's true. I don't think they have these numbers either. I don't. It's, it's bull crap. I mean, 1 billion users, that's more than the people. How many people are online? There's not a billion people online. No, there's more than a billion people online, but that's beside the point. Why would they all have joined Facebook? I don't even use it. I, I mean, there's people six don't. billion people on the planet. I mean, you can't tell me that a billion of them are all going to hook up. No, it's up. ridiculous. It's impossible. But I suppose with you know some you know intervention of, I mean, it probably benefits. Let, let's assume that it's you know we're going to. You you mentioned that there's an investment group that's part of the CIA. Yes. Uh, Let's assume that, you know, that is true. Uh, it, the thing has got to be a gold mine for intelligence gathering. Well, that's the whole point of Facebook. That, that's why this continuous debate about security is skirted around because, 
Well, I, what's the name of the all the all it's, you know, CIA investor in someone in the chat room will have it before I get it. It's a, it's a well known. Yeah, it's one of their little funds. Yeah, what is the name? They have a couple of, it? of them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you Google it, the, it, it's all over the place. I just can't remember the name of the company. Uh, anyway, someone will find it for us. Uh, but yeah, they, they they have a couple of venture funds, and it, and it makes nothing but sense. But one billion users, please, please. That's just out of control. So I have a, another little shorty here. You want to play it? Sure. So, you know, there's a lot of TV stations uh, allow people to ask questions, and they so you know, usually there's some, some deep political thing. People need to know a lot. And the, and the news organizations that are in uh, television, they're, you know, they're not as good as necessarily or as, as, as sharp as the as print media. But they're, they, they're sincere, and they want to help people understand what's going on around them in, in some meaningful way. That was a public so, service. So, yeah, so here is the KION, which is in the Salinas Valley, uh, Central California. Uh, there, uh, this is the kind of, you know, they're, they're just show you the kind of important work that these, that these commercial networks and, and stations do. Huh? Sal and Monterey asked us, what's the update on In-N-Out Burger coming to Seaside? Well, Sal, here's your answer. According to the city of Seaside, they have an exclusive negotiating agreement with In-N-Out to build the fast food restaurant near the Holiday Inn Express on Del Monte Boulevard. The project still needs approval from the California Coastal Commission. As for the timeline, the city of Seaside hopes to have construction underway by the end of this year. What's your question? Ask us. We'll find answers. What? <laughs> what is the Ministry of Truth? So the bur- so the In and Out Burger for people out there who are really concerned about when they're going to build the damn thing has been. I the- need the In and Out Burger. We've gotten to the bottom of it. <laughs> Can I just go on a on a on a different topic for a moment, which is uh, something we don't often discuss technology uh, on this program, although we're both involved in it. And today, of course. Um, is a, a huge day, much more important than any, even more important than world soccer, the uh, the World Cup. The iPhone 4 has come out, and uh, around the world, all around Gitmo Nation, slaves are standing in line to get their hands on the iPhone 4. Yeah, heaven 4. forbid they would just wait till tomorrow. Right. Well, they're going to run out of stock, you know. Yeah, you won't get it until next week, maybe. Um, there's a, a report that's been going around about uh, an Apple employee named, uh, codenamed Alpha, who is saying that, um, and and I and I understand on one hand why, because of course everyone is out there trying to do two things to the iPhone four and the iOS four, which is a jailbreak it so you can run programs that don't go through the uh, App Store, and two to unlock it so you're not uh, locked into AT and T, and according to um, this uh, deep throat within Apple. Uh, what's going to happen is um, AT&T will be sending out some code, and uh, and if you don't respond to this code, it'll go out every and it'll say, "Hey, optional updates available." And if you decline that, then uh, eventually it'll say you have to install the update. And what that will do is, if you have a an unlocked phone, i.e., not tied into the the carrier AT&T in this case in the United States, ah. Uh, I shouldn't be talking about this either. I can't. I can't talk about anything now. The connection just breaks. How is it now? Yeah. Well, I guess we just can't talk about anything. 
Well, I think Apple and the Bilderbergers are the same operation. It makes nothing but sense to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I, You know, I will say this, that last night there was a, a Level 3 had a, uh, a, a backbone router go haywire, and uh, people couldn't reach Amazon and all kinds of other crap was yeah, going on. Yeah, I heard on. about that. You know what? It's funny because I, I noticed some, some latency on the system, and... Uh, and I went to Google it, and of course, you know, Google gives you nothing but marketing crap about Level 3 and how great their service is. And the only place you can really get any information is on Twitter. You know, you just it's, do it. It's pathetic that you have to get news from Twitter. It's, it's, well, it's actually, it's quite good news because you actually get some information. I mean, it's not research news, but it's at least people, you know, I knew pretty quickly what was going on. It's just, but it's just like, ugh, oh my God. Now, this Google thing has, has got to be fixed. So anyway, so you, what you're saying is that uh, apparently they're going to send out some nasty codes. Well, the, well there's, two, there's, there's the, the main thing is, uh, hold on one second, John. This, I gotta, this is my daughter. Hold on. Hey, darling. Hey, but just want to make sure you're alive, baby. Okay, I just because I didn't, all right, didn't see, I didn't see any tweets or Facebook, and that makes me worried. Okay. All right. All right. Call me later. Call me later when your battery's full. Okay. Mm, a helicopter parent. Love you, baby. Bye. Yeah. You know when when I don't see a, a Twitter or a Facebook for two days, uh, I get worried. Absolutely. You so anyway, me? back to this thing. It looks like you know this is what the what the satellite companies have been doing. Well, the thing is is that that they're actually sending information about your phone. Uh, to home, your phone is sending information to home base, both if it's jailbroken uh, or if it's unlocked, um, and it's also apparently sending uh, GPS coordinates. It's just a lot of stuff that, that Apple is doing that I don't see anyone questioning. Maybe I'm just missing it, but I see very little reporting about this. Nobody's going to say anything bad about Apple. They get nothing but flack. But yeah, but this is the same, you know, you know they, these people can protect their equipment any way they want to. I don't think it's, you know, if you're, you're subscribed to the Apple, you, you're, you're all in when you, when you get an Apple product. And if they want to screw with it and, you know, make you do, jump through hoops, it's, you know, it's what you, you, it's not like it's a, that you got. Uh, that's it. We're not going to talk about Apple anymore. We're not going to talk about Bilderberg anymore. We're not going to talk about... I guess we can just end the show. So I guess we can't talk about that. Apple either. rocks. Apple is excellent. Apple is A- the best, and we love yeah, the we love unnamed it. I- uh, operations. Right, right after the show, I'm going out and getting my iPhone 4. It's awesome. Yeah, go get in line. Kicks ass. I'm going to get in line. I'm going to sit there with all the slaves. It's good. Apple's good, 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 good. Apple good. Apple so good. Uh, next week, we're going to get to a topic that I wanted to do on this show, or the next show on Sunday, I guess. Uh, 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 genetically engineered insects that's coming. Hold on. I'm sorry. The fuck? Stop pop-ups genetically engineered insects yeah this is the mosquito story i've seen uh, swirling around a little bit there's a right? couple of different stories floating around apparently the the guys who since they don't have an, a piece of this are monsanto and uh they're trying to uh, 
keep this information or any of this stuff from happening. But you can expect to have they they did a mosquito that they not only genetically engineered it to be weird, but it they gave it green glowing eyes. Did you see that picture? <laughs> no, it, it was it photoshopped. It, it was fl- photoshopped. This I is the problem you. I have with genetic engineering people. The goofballs that do this stuff, they decided to give it phosphorescent eyes that glow in the dark. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that these guys are going to be doing. It's like coders in the computer business are always screwing around with little, putting little things in the background so it's funny so they can show their friends. Yeah. This is the kind of thing that's going to create the, the insect that kills us all because some goofball decided to make the eyes glow green. I mean, it's the, the mentality is wrong. People are not s- safety conscious. Well, in that case, we might as well... Uh... Make mention of the second most emailed article. Hopefully, we can talk about them for just a second. Otherwise, I'm just going to end the show. Or I think we should at least. Um, so the uh, court decided uh, it was okay for Monsanto uh, to distribute, in this case, alfalfa seed, genetically modified alfalfa seed, before it has been uh, tested and approved by the, I guess, the USDA and subsequently the FDA. Um, what is alfalfa used for, John, in uh, daily life? Feeding animals. Okay, so then it would... It's like hay, right, only so, better. So this kind of fits in, it's, especially the Monsanto hay is better. Um, so uh, your thoughts? Oh, some corruption or something, I don't know. I, the, the, the way I looked at it, I, I, I didn't read the brief, which might be interesting. I'm sure there's some argument in there, it's pretty solid. But it just seemed like, you know, why don't we just shoot ourselves now? Well, I mean, I'll, just I'll, give the country to Monsanto. Yeah. Well, I'm all for the, for the government not, uh, you know, n- not uh, telling anyone what they can do, or, but then don't tell us what to do. You, know, you can't, on one hand, uh, have Michelle Obama out there with, uh, oh, my God, did you see her, her new project? John? Butt lifts? No, letsmove.gov. Let's move. Oh yeah. Oh, you've got to look at it. Let's move. dot com. This is this is the setup to the codex. This is uh, this is all the part of the uh, uh, getting ready to uh, tell you what you can eat. Uh, actually, John Stewart had a funny bit on that as well. Uh, America's move to raise a healthier generation of kids. Yeah, listen to what the the first lady Before has to say. To the White House, the president and I lived lives like most families. Before we became elitist. Working parents, I was busy trying to maintain uh, some balance, picking kids up from school, trying to get things done at work. Yeah, Just like most busy, people. Not enough time. Yeah, we don't, and not everyone has security detail now. I found myself doing was probably making up for it and being unable to cook a good meal for my kids, going to fast food a little more than I'd like, uh, ordering pizza, and I started to see the effects on my family, particularly my kids. It got to the point where our pediatrician basically said, you may want to make some changes. So started making those changes, short, easy changes, but they led to some really good results. So I wanted to bring the lessons that I learned to the White House. There's a meme in here, John. Pay attention. This led to our new initiative, Let's Move. Let's Move is a nationwide initiative that basically focuses on four key components. First, we want to improve the information and the tools that parents need to make the changes that are desired in their families. The second is that we have to improve the quality of food in our schools. That's where kids are eating many of their meals, and we have to do a better job of making sure that that food is quality. 
Third, we need to improve access and affordability of healthy foods. We have to eliminate food deserts in this country, and we need. There it is. There it is. Food, food deserts. deserts. And then so you go to access to affordable, healthy food, because I want to find out about the food deserts. And there's a link to food deserts, which is supposed to go to the USDA. Oh, they fixed the link. It was broken before. Access to affordable and nutritious food, measuring and understanding food deserts and their consequences. A report to Congress. So uh, food deserts, John. That's, you want to stay away from them. Yeah. Food oh, heaven forbid I'd deserts. be stuck in a food desert. <laughs> so uh, this is uh, where the government is. Uh, who you know, comes up with this crap? The elitists who want to run the world. Mm. Yeah. Let's not end it on that note. We have a great uh, thing from, uh, what's her name? Melanie coming up at the end of the show. Um, Melanie Phillips, the book is... The World so- Turned Upside Down? Yes, the world turned upside down. Is there anything down. else you want to play before we get? I mean, I, this, well, I, no, I literally have to leave. Uh, down note: the only things no, I have I left are kind of like uh, bummers. <laughs> bummer. You know, I should actually call them. Um, wait, let me see if but, I could find anything non-bummy. <laughs> let's see here. I got uh, Richard Rain. That's a bummer. 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 Uh, bummer. Uh, bummer. Uh, not bummer. Good. We have the rape uh, acts. Thing. We yeah, have I got the, the rest of it. I got a nope. Everything there is a downer. Yeah. Do women need a sex pill? I got that. Uh, 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 yeah. The uh, the condom that. Uh, yeah, that grabs the grabs you your know, penis. Yeah, yeah. Locks on. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I yeah, think uh, I think we're just uh, I think we're just out of it, John. I think there's nothing but bummers. Okay. Well, let's finish up, and uh, we can play a little <laughs> clip at the end, and we'll be back on Sunday. Don't forget to go to Dvorak.org slash NA and give us your support. And we'll be back on Sunday and hopefully talk a little bit more about uh, the uh, genetically engineered insects, which is something we all need to see. <laughs> Glowing eyes. Can you and, imagine and, a little kid with... Uh, Mommy! And uh, I will come back and uh, please, all the producers out there, uh, work with me on uh, convincing John that there might be something to the chemtrail story. No, let's don't start encouraging. That's John at Dvorak.org. To think, uh, to agree with your some of the, these assertions, which are known to be bogus. Okay, well, I've, I mean, it's I love how you are right there with me on the earthquake machine, but not on the chemtrails. If you find something in the UN report, you did, the only thing way I got sold on the earthquake machines because you had all these reports that you showed that were official UN documents. Okay, I'll, discussing I'll, the uh, treaties. You find one of these that says anything about chemtrails. Okay, you got it. Consider it done. Coming to you from uh, Gitmo Nation West at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center, uh, where we just had a 4.0 earthquake in Southern California. Yay, the People's Republic of. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's uh, chilly. What happened to the weather? Where's the weather machine? I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday for early morning service right here on No Agenda. Strange thing. All these secular ideologies that I've been talking about, as well as Islam, have at heart a real hatred of Jewish peoplehood or Jewish religion. 
And this may sound rather strange because these are all very disparate ideologies. But let me suggest these things to you. For example, take moral relativism, the idea there is no moral authority, we can all do our own thing, it's all lifestyle choice. Well, it's Judaism that laid down the moral law which forms the very foundation of Western morality, and that moral law is what is under attack from moral and cultural relativism, multiculturalism, and all of that. Take the Green Movement, take environmentalism. It is actually Genesis that draws their deepest wrath because they interpret the biblical dominion of mankind over the earth as an example of divine imperialism or colonialism. If you look at Richard Dawkins, his great bestseller, The God Delusion, it is the God of the Hebrew Bible singled out in his great diatribe against religion in general, it is the God of the Hebrew Bible who he singles out as the fountainhead of violence, brutality, intolerance and bigotry in the world. In the Dawkins environment, it would appear in the Dawkins uh, utopia, if the God of the Hebrew Bible was got rid of, then the brotherhood of man and the reign, the age of perfect reason, would have no impediment whatsoever. And it is Jews who are the principal attacks, target of the attacks by anti-Americans and anti-imperialists on the neoconservatives, the euphemism for those who were alleged to have formed the conspiracy, the global conspiracy to subvert American foreign policy in the interests of Israel. And it's that issue of Israel which is now the greatest symbol of all of Western irrationality, particularly in Britain, where, it's, where there's a sustained and relentless campaign of lies and libels about Israel and openly expressed irrational Jewish conspiracy theories and demonization of those who object. So the result of all this is that the West cannot deal with Islamism, which itself is driven by a theologically inspired desire to eradicate the Jews and which turns truth and lies, victim and victimizer, inside out, because the West itself has dispensed with the idea of objective truth. The West itself inverts, in all these other ideologies, inverts truth and lies, victim and victimizer, and so on. Now, these ideologies all play in different countries differently. Britain is, I would suggest, the global leader in this. Britain was first into the Enlightenment and is now the first out. But these ideas have traction across the whole of the West and even in God's own country, America. Uh, for example, I'm afraid to uh, bring it home to you that America's export in recent years Americans' exports in recent years have included Al Gore, whose mendacious film about global warming is even now on the curriculum in British schools and taught as fact. It is America who have, which has produced uh, the unlovely duo of Mearsheimer and Walt, uh, who have created this, uh, this uh, the, who have given an academically respectable imprimatur to Jewish conspiracy theory of the most odious and irrational kind. And it's the, uh, the attacks through Chomsky, Naomi Klein, MoveOn.org, on anti-imperialism, anti-Americanism, and so on, all in America. This is No Agenda.